RTHK, the news at one with Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, one person is dead and 11 were injured after a crash between a bus, a truck and a van in Tung Chung this morning. The chief executive says it's practical and possible to achieve completely quarantine-free mainland travel next year. And LegCo President Andrew Leung says lawmakers are working well with government officials, but they're not a rubber stamp. One person has died and at least 11 were injured in a crash between a bus, a truck and a van in Dongchong this morning. The accident happened at Dongchong Eastern Interchange around 9 a.m. The front of the bus was seriously damaged. Officers from the Police and Fire Services Department are investigating at the scene. Chief Executive John Lee says the SAR is gradually resuming travel with the mainland and it is practical and possible to achieve completely quarantine-free mainland travel next year. Writing on his social media page last night, Mr. Lee says 500 500 more daily quotas are available for people to cross the mainland border after appealing to the Shenzhen government to raise the quota to 2,500 a day. He says he's looking forward to more interactions between Hong Kong and the mainland. LegCo President Andrew Leung says lawmakers are on the same team as government officials, but stressed the council isn't rubber stamping everything put before them. He made the comment while concluding the legislature's work for the year. Mr. Leung says that with patriots in the council, lawmakers are monitoring the government in a more positive manner. He says the antechamber meetings introduced by Chief Executive John Lee have allowed officials to be more down to earth in formulating policy. The legislator are not playing against the government. Likewise, the government is not seeing the legislator as the enemies. We are the same team. So the more exchanges and more understanding between us, the better. We are the same team. We need to work together to make sure the legislative process is smooth. Smooth doesn't mean rubber stamp. The government has announced that all prepaid SIM cards must be real name registered before February the 23rd next year, and unregistered ones cannot be used after that date. It said in a statement that people can complete real name registration through their telecom service provider's website, retail outlets, mobile apps, or at designated post offices. The authorities will also provide an information service at mobile support stations at designated MTR stations from tomorrow. A secondary school principal says much of the content and new guidelines issued by the Education Bureau will already be known to teachers, so it shouldn't have a negative effect on morale. But Dion Chen, chairman of the Direct Subsidy Scheme Schools Council, did say teachers will need time to go through the guidelines, which includes suggestions that they promote national security and take care over what they post on social media. Mr. Chen told RTHK that teachers should understand that even in their personal capacity, they are still role models for students. He dismissed concerns that teachers may be encouraged to steer away from controversial topics. It all depends on how they present the information to uh, students or uh, shared in a school and also what the purpose of doing so. And uh, some of the so-called sensitive information or data basically a part of the curriculum. I think teachers, they understand how to present it or share with the students in a professional way. Overseas now, the United States has asked Australia to extradite a former Marine pilot who's accused of breaking American arms control laws by training Chinese fighter pilots. Daniel Duggan's lawyer has insisted the charges are politically motivated. From Sydney, here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. 
Mr. Duggan, according to the United States indictment, helped to train Chinese military pilots at a test flying academy in South Africa more than 10 years ago. And Mr. Duggan was arrested here in Australia towards the end of October in the New South Wales town of Orange to the west of Sydney at the request of the United States. And we now hear that the authorities in Washington have now formally applied to have Mr Duggan extradited back to the United States to face these charges. The Ukrainian government says Russia is planning a broad new offensive early in the new year. Ukraine has significantly improved its air defenses, but is calling for more advanced weaponry. More details from the BBC's Ian McWilliam. President Zelensky, the Defence Minister Oleksiy Reznikov and two senior generals have all spoken to British media in recent days. While they're bullish about Ukraine's recent military successes, they say there's no room for complacency and predict a new Russian offensive, possibly as early as January. Mr Reznikov said that Moscow's mobilisation of 300,000 conscripts, though widely derided, would provide Moscow with freshly trained troops by the early months of next year. Military experts say the pace of operations on both sides is likely to increase in midwinter when the ground is frozen, allowing easier movement for vehicles. The majority of over 13,000 official documents about the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in 1963 have been released in full for the first time. The White House spokesperson, Corrine Jean-Pierre, said there were no redactions. President Biden believes all information related to President Kennedy's assassination should be released to the greatest extent possible, consistent with, again, national security. That's why he directed the acting archivist to conduct a supplementary six-month review of a subset of the remaining redacted records to ensure they are disclosed to the greatest extent possible. He also directed all remaining redacted information to be disclosed to the public when uh, the basis for the continued restriction of that information no longer outweighs the public interest. Vladimir Putin has promised Russians he will keep the country's economy going despite wide-ranging Western sanctions. The Russian president said more gas would be sold to China and new trading partnerships developed in Asia, Africa and Latin America. Mr. Putin said Western countries would not achieve their objectives. Let me remind you that by introducing sanctions, Western countries were trying to push Russia to the periphery of world development. But we will never take the route of self-isolation. On the contrary, we are broadening and will broaden cooperation with all those who have an interest in that. The European Union has officially made Bosnia and Herzegovina a candidate for membership. It follows a meeting of the European Council in Brussels. A BBC correspondent says Brussels is reaffirming its often doubted commitment to the Western Balkans while nudging Bosnia's politicians to commit to political reforms. Kosovo has also formally submitted an application for EU candidate status. Pakistan and the Afghan Taliban have accused each other of starting unprovoked attacks near a border crossing. Pakistani officials say at least one person was killed and several were injured when Taliban guards fired mortar shells into their territory at the Haman crossing. The BBC's Ambarasan Atherajan has more details. 
Pakistan says the Taliban opened fire while Pakistani forces were repairing part of a border fence. But a Taliban spokesman disputed that version of events, saying Pakistani soldiers fired first. The Afghan Islamist group has called for a dialogue to resolve tensions. It's the second such incident in recent days. Six Pakistani civilians were killed over the weekend in a clash between Afghan and Pakistani troops. Pakistan and the Afghan Taliban maintain a close relationship but tensions over security issues appear to have grown. The music industry is well known for not always being generous to its artists, with even successful acts seeing paltry returns from online streams of their songs. But it's not all about the money, of course. For almost 50 years in Britain, the music industry has presented silver, gold and platinum discs to reflect artists' sales of their singles and albums. And now a fourth award is to be added to reflect streaming numbers, the Brit Billion. The special trophy will be presented to acts who, when the total of all their tracks is added together, have had a billion streams. It might not change their bank balance, but it'll be something to show the neighbors. With more, here's the BBC's Colin Patterson. Wizard with See My Baby Jive, the first single to go gold in the UK. It was that year, 1973, when the record industry started to officially give out silver, gold and platinum discs. When the Beatles were photographed holding framed records, those had been presented to them by magazines. Now the BPI are to introduce a new award, the Brit Billion, for acts who reach a cumulative total of a billion streams across all their tracks. The most streamed single in UK history is Lewis Capaldi's Someone You Loved with 560 million plays, meaning that one song puts him more than halfway to the landmark total. It seems likely when the scheme starts next year, a lot of the new trophies will be handed out. Rescuers in Malaysia are searching for about 50 people who are missing after a landslide engulfed a campsite. The incident happened in the early hours of the morning in Salangor State, close to Kuala Lumpur. Two people are confirmed dead. More than 30 survivors have been found. Video footage shows uprooted trees along with cars crushed by soil and rocks. A Sudanese woman who was condemned to death by stoning for adultery has had her sentence reduced to six months in prison. Miriam Tirab was found guilty of the offense by a court in June after she confessed to kissing her boyfriend. But following an international outcry, a retrial was ordered. The World Bank has announced a $2 billion U.S. dollar package to support Ukraine's private sector and a bid to help pave the way for reconstruction amid the devastation resulting from the conflict with Russia. The latest package was issued by the International Finance Corporation, the bank's development arm, which focuses on private sector development in emerging, emerging markets. The group has been working to help Ukraine maintain trade flows while retaining access to essential resources like food and fuel, it said. The package includes up to one billion U.S. dollars from the IFC with added financing dependent on guarantees from donor governments. FIFA has appointed the Polish referee Simon Martiniak to take charge of Sunday's World Cup final between France and Argentina. The 41-year-old has already officiated matches involving both teams at the tournament. Argentina's last 16, uh, last 16 win over Australia and France's groups stage victory against Denmark. Sunday's final will be the last World Cup match for Argentina captain Lionel Messi. The 35-year-old is seeking a first World Cup for himself and a third for his country. While a successful title defense for France 
would see them lift the trophy for a third time. Our football commentator, Chris Kayola, says Argentina have, a, have to find a way to overcome France's star-studded lineup. Argentina's team and fans have a sense that Messi winning the final is in their destiny. The stars have a line that no one can stop them except maybe Hugo Lloris. Everyone's been talking about how to stop France's Kylian Mbappe and Olivier Giroud. But the key for Argentina is to stop Anton Griezmann. Griezmann has swapped his role from striker to midfielder and leads the tournament with assists. Argentina's midfielders Enzo Fernandez and Leandro Perendez will need to shut Griezmann down in their midfield battle. Griezmann's been everywhere in attack and defence. Damien Martinez, the Argentina goalkeeper, is physically imposing and could be key in stopping the French attack. Meanwhile, the French Football Federation have invited the Real Madrid striker Karim Benzema to join the squad ahead of Sunday's final. The Ballon d'Or winner missed the tournament through injury after initially being selected, but was never replaced, meaning he could return after proving his fitness. Morocco's historic run was brought to an end in the semifinals, but the Atlas Lions still have one more match to play in Qatar, the third-place playoff against Croatia tomorrow. Morocco became the first African side and the first Arab nation to reach the last four of the competition, but were beaten by the reigning champions, France, on Wednesday. The African football expert Mark Gleason says the performance by Walid Regugi's side in Qatar could have enormous impact on the game in Africa. Extraordinary achievement and I think a really wonderful tournament for Africa. Groundbreaking, historic. I think it will give the continent such a buzz. I think it will give the continent such confidence. Nine and a half teams at the next World Cup, all of them will go there believing that they could do something similar. I think it is a game changer for African football. Really been an extraordinary three weeks. What do you think some other African nations can learn from this? Because there has been investment, hasn't there, in the men's and the women's team in Morocco? Yes, I mean, uh, that is, the, that is a, a very good point and a fundamental difference between Morocco and a lot of the other countries in that, I mean, that, they've got, a, they've got a, an analyst from Liverpool. They hired an analyst from Liverpool. They've got a technical director from Belgium. They are looking for talent in Europe all the time. They are very well organised. We already know, I mean, how much money Morocco spends in the football sphere uh, a lot of it for political uh, purposes and, and, and diplomatic efforts, but still they are, they are uh, uh, certainly a massive example for other countries of similar uh, resources like an Egypt, like a South Africa, like a Nigeria, who could, who could with, with decent management and organization, certainly have the, the coffers to match what Morocco have done and then possibly on the field do the same thing. That was Mark Gleason speaking to the BBC's Lee James. And to the weather. It will be cloudy to overcast and cool. A few rain patches. Visibility will be relatively low in some areas at first with moderate northerly winds. The winds will strengthen tonight and temperatures will begin to fall. The outlook, windy and becoming cold tomorrow. And winds will reach gale force on high ground and offshore. Temperatures will fall to around 8 or 9 degrees in urban areas on Sunday and Monday. A few degrees lower in the new territories. It'll be fine. Very dry and windy. Currently, the temperature is 17 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 86%. And that's the news, sports and weather from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
the Pet Shop Boys on Radio 3, and it doesn't often snow at Christmas. Not around here, it doesn't. How long... Well, look, if you don't come from Hong Kong, how long has it been since you actually saw snow? I was working it out myself. 1997, I think, is the last time I actually saw any real snow. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. No sports and all today because Danny is busy being a daddy. And a man's got to do what a man's got to do. It's Operation Santa Claus time. And between now and the end of Operation Santa Claus, there were all sorts of really fun events going where all sorts of bodies put on events for fundraising. And one of them's going on right now at the Hong Kong Sanatorium. And this has been a really cool event for the past few years. And our friend Angie Mann is down there. Hello, Angie. Hello, Phil. I'm so happy. Don't you know, uh, jealous me because I'm now in the Hong Kong Centurions and Hospital. Yeah, I'm, I'm, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't be jealous, but uh, but uh, it's good to have you on with us. Hello, Joseph, Dr. Joseph Chan. How's it going down there, Angie? What's happening? Yes, I think we have a lot of fun. We have very, very beautiful, creative at uh, a uh, uh, booth, no, they are selling um different, you know, maybe colorful jelly, and then yeah. they have also milk tea, and also I can smell the coffee now. <laughs> so it's really fun here. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what happens. I know these guys put together a lovely day each year, but how do they raise funds? Why don't you, you, you and the doc have a chat and let us know? Yes. So Dr. Chan, I, I when I came in, I already be the judges for the. Uh, for the super, uh, super shelf, you know, uh, the shelf, you know, they are decorating and also making a very beautiful Christmas tree with the food, you know, they are really good. So now, uh, do, do you have any favorable uh, uh, decoration from them? Uh, now, every year we have uh, a super chef event. This year we ask the chef to use whatever ingredient they could find <laughs> to make a Christmas tree. They are uh, really good. There are prizes for the tallest Christmas tree and the nicest Christmas tree. And uh, they really come up with really good, good idea with different type of uh, food 